Welcome everyone again this afternoon hour. Uh, are there any more greetings to the church? I just want to make a clarification about uh, the typhoon disaster relief. Uh, in the past, when we've uh, made donations towards disasters, we could just write a check to our own church, which would be for the ACCDC, and they would give it to the Mennonite Central Committee who would make the most effective use of it. I should repeat, <clears throat> up till December the 9th, if you write a check directly to the ACMB, ACCMBC, Apostolic Christian Church Missionary Board of Canada, the government will double the amount of donation toward the Philippine relief effort. So the checks, if you make them directly to the ACCMBC. Take our greetings with you. Sister Mara, Amara, thank you. Welcome back. Take your greetings to as well. And as I mentioned this morning, two V2 are going to be in the Ohio area. Not sure which church yet, but like to your greetings, as I said this morning. Any more greetings to the church? Give the church's greetings to those that you visit or talk with or shut in. Take the church's greetings to them. Just to repeat the announcements. December 7 at 11 in the morning, that's a Saturday, there will be the Sunday school cookie bake in church. The focus of the month is the Paraguay and the Papua New Guinea work teams. It has been decided by the CFG, I suppose, that there will be a Christmas baking fundraiser. Cookie trays and Christmas cake will be sold to raise funds for our church. If you would be willing to bake 12 dozen small cookie, please, sign up on the sheet on the bulletin board. And there is a book of the Psalm 119 in calligraphy with paintings. It was published as a fundraiser for Windsor. Orders are being taken. Please see the sample downstairs. One other announcement that was uh, brought to my attention during lunchtime. Uh, 
we're very thankful for the snow removal that uh, Brothers volunteered to do. Does the plowing part of it, but uh, for, for the hand shoveling of the walkways, um, we have volunteer sheets downstairs. So those who are young or are willing and able, you wouldn't mind signing the volunteer sheet for the hand shoveling for the winter. We appreciate it. Thank you. Let's bow. But our eternal one, we are thy creation, created for a purpose, thy purpose, O Lord. And we want to be found in it, for therein is great blessing. To the looking favor upon us, bless the holy word that instruct us how to do this. We humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'd like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Philippians chapter 2. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also had highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 
do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your, your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, and not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him that as a son with the Father, he has served me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that he, he had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on me, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I send him therefore the more carefully, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. Because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service toward me. The tone of this letter to the Philippians is one that Apostle Paul, a prisoner at Rome, was awaiting the judgment concerning him, whether he was going to be sacrificed or whether he would be set at liberty. And so he writes to the Philippians, a church that he held very dear, and tries to comfort them that they be not sad about it. Because he firmly believes the things that are happening to him were in God's purpose. And that they also should be comforted in this. So he asks, is there any consolation in Christ? Is there any mercies? Any comfort of love? If any fellowship with the Spirit? If any bowels of mercies? Is there... Yes, there is. Where else is there? Even when Jesus said some things <clears throat> to the people that were very hard to understand, to grasp, to make sense of. And it says, many therefore left and walked no more with him. And he turns to his disciples and asks them, will you also leave me? 
And they said, Lord, where shall we go? Thou hast words of eternal life. We know and believe that thou art the Son of God. When things are really tough, when people are tempted to leave, where will they turn to? To him that has been faithful, that has provided a way that has sustained our hope or to something that we don't know. It amazes me sometimes when people do leave even the fellowship is what does it take for somebody to, to up and leave? When the world is so plain that we are supposed to be one body that you cannot just take a limb and tear it away. He says, Fulfill ye my joy that be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And the mind that we should be one is the mind of Christ. It tells us here. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. That's where we ought to strive for. Not how I see things or you see things, and although we should be patient and considerate, esteeming one another, as it says here, to listen how the one or the other thinks or feels, but ultimately it is the mind of Christ by which we should go. And the mind of Christ is revealed in his word. And I had to think this morning as we listened, now, as somebody said, Christ, there is no biography written of Christ. What we have are witness accounts of what Christ said and what he did. Simple things to, that cannot be argued with. Just plain things that he did and that he said. And that's the wisdom of God. And that's the wisdom that those that want to receive it, that are willing to be open to it, God gives grace so that they can also grasp it. As the brother expounded this morning, how sometimes it's difficult to believe and there are doubts. And we all do have doubts. If, if there was no opportunity to doubt, neither would there be opportunity to exercise faith. And that's the thing, is how much really is our part in, in, in accepting what God tells us in his word and living it, and living it. What is our part? We, we read here, even says, it's God both wills and does the things in us. What is then our part? I have to think back to the simple example, again as it is recorded, when the Apostle Paul came to, to Philippi and, and uh, there was no synagogue there, I suppose, otherwise Apostle Paul would have gone to the synagogue because he first usually went to a synagogue if there was one and tied into the law and pointed the prophecies and so forth uh, 
to first tell the Jews. But there was no synagogue, it appears, and so they gathered at the riverside, it says, where prayer was one to be made, where people gathered together that, and prayed. And there he spoke to the people also, and it says, Lydia, take heed, like she heeded the things that Paul was saying. She was open to it. And then he says, the Lord opened their heart that she would understand. And that has not changed even now. We have to come under the hearing of the word of God and I don't know how much, be it how little it is, we have to be willing to be open to it. And God gives the grace then, gives the grace so that we also can grasp it. And to me, I remember one conversion in particular where a person, when we had Bible class or discussions, didn't get it. But there came a time when that person humbled himself and, and accepted the word. And now the things that you would hear, they made a lot of sense. She got it. The Lord opened the heart and we are grasped the way we need it. The way each one in particular needs it. May not be able to explain it, he only can speak of an experience that now it is different. Now I have found grace. Although God's grace is extended really, he says he lets it rain upon even the, the good and the evil. God's grace. If it wasn't for God's grace, nobody, nobody could really come to repentance. God's grace, it is already that he gives us the word. But our part of however small it be, is a willingness to be open to it. But we also can resist it. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal God. And then it speaks about some of the things here. It says, He became obedient unto death. Yea, in another part it says, He learned obedience. Isn't that something that he knew already? But see, there is, is even the God's mystery in the dual nature of the being of Christ, of being in the form of God, of being with God, of being part of God, of being the creator of all these things, and yet then becoming man, becoming flesh, made in the likeness of sinful flesh. Not sinful, but in the likeness of it. And as such, he had to function, he had to live, he had to experience weakness, he had to learn obedience, all these things. And he had to say, my father is greater than I. Well, before, when they were all one, there was no question as to who was greater or no. They were in perfect unity. There was no issue. But now that he was man, he had to acknowledge that he is his father is greater than he. And he had to be obedient to the father. Therefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And again we see it here. How? Well, if he was in the beginning and with the glory and with the love that they shared before the world was, what else could 
he get. But because he became man, now as man he was now exalted, exalted above everything other name. And that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Again, we see the man, Jesus Christ. And as such, he could now be also the author, the example, the, the guide for us to follow. And God can point to him and say, this is my beloved son in whom I well pleased as man. God, who knows everything, he didn't have to become man in order to know how you and I feel. Otherwise, there would be things that we know that God did not know. No. As God, he knew everything. But as man, when he emptied himself, when he became man, Jesus Christ, he had to learn. He had to submit. And so nobody has an excuse now. That is say, oh yes, he's God, and therefore I cannot know. God, Jesus Christ, to him was given the same means that are given to us in order to be obedient. The Spirit of God to dwell in. That's given to us. And we have no excuse. We have no excuse. The only big difference is that he started a sinless man here on earth. And we inherited sin. It's evident, even little children, you know, how it comes a time when you see that, yes, they make decisions, they're selfish, they want this, they want that, and, and start sinning. That's the way of the world, that's the corruption of the, of the human being. And if we let human beings without God, as we see how man more and more turns away from God, we see what happens, we can see it. We can see it in a short lifetime even how man without God functions and what he's capable of, capable of doing. Given the opportunity, given the means by where he turns. Where he turns. That you may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation of whom you shine as lights in the world holding forth the word of life. There's such a great need for that. Such a great need, you know. And sometimes we, we hinder the working of God with our own particular desires, conveniences, comforts. Uh, they are things that by which we are tempted because we are in the flesh. The word teaches us that flesh and blood did not repent, neither can it inherit heaven, but it's so necessary while we are here on the earth that it be subject. That it be, whereas before, we, we just felt free to give in to those impulses, to those desires and so forth, and enjoyed them even. But then when the law came and convicted us, we realized there was something else. I used to have problem understanding how man is body, mind, and soul. But then when I try to repent, when I try to do what's good and right, because the Word of God said so, when the Word of God convicted, then I realized there was something in me that wanted 
didn't want these things to give in, that felt bad about it, but ended up sinning anyway. And that's the struggle then that we read in Romans 7, chapters 7, I believe it is. We read the struggle now between the, the inner man that has a desire to do what's right and this body that we are bestowed upon us that wants to please itself. And that's the struggle then, the struggle. But thanks be to God that Christ has overcome, has shown that it is possible to overcome and that he gives his spirit. That's the power that God promised not only become the sons of God, but have also the power to overcome sin. So we have no excuse. But God knows that even so we do fail at times. We do sin at times. Not to live in sin, but still end up giving in sometimes. And that he now has a high priest in the presence of God to intercede for us. What a provision God made. Knowing in his wisdom what was necessary. Not a matter of trying and, and not succeeding as some would interpret the Bible says. As some would know God doesn't make any mistake. He knows the end from the beginning and so forth. He did it the way that the only way it would work. Knowing. Yes, the Apostle Paul found himself also in a situation, you know, like, like so others before him, to even John the Baptist, who, who as the forerunner of Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ testifying of himself that he was the greatest prophet, John the Baptist. And the people said, no, he didn't do any miracles, but whatsoever he said of Jesus Christ was true. And this John the Baptist, when he found himself in prison, also had doubts. Also had doubts. You know, Jesus of Peter, he said, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. What about John the Baptist? But see, God knows how much to give and what is really necessary for each one of us in order that we are still able to keep faith and to be stretched by it. Not to be comfortable, but to be stretched by it, to grow in some measure, to exercise faith. And so I believe he also gave John the Baptist enough. And to him it was said, when the disciples, John's disciples, got the answer from Jesus, the answer was simple, tell John what they see. Tell John. And maybe to us, he's going to say too, when we go through a difficult time, look at the word of God. See what those did. See what Jesus did. See what those faithful ones were. Don't just pick and choose the way it suits you and, and say, well, I like that. No, no. The whole word. And as the Spirit directs you and reminds you, you will find the comfort that you need. The work of Christ will continue. When Jesus ascended, 
on high, he said, ye are my witnesses. And as the Bible teaches us, and as we are reminded sometimes that we are the arms and the feet, the hands, the eyes, the tongue, the ears of the body of Christ here. And each one has to live his life according to his faith. I cannot live it. You cannot live it according to my faith, neither can I live it according to your faith. But God gives grace. And if God wouldn't give grace, nobody would make it. May the Lord bless his holy word unto us. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. One hundred sixty four. How many verses? Three verses. Three verses. again our hearts perhaps lack the words and the thoughts and the emotions to appeal unto thee father there are so many different nears uh, needs and fears 
so many concerns and so many things that cause us to to become afraid, dear Lord, of embracing thy whole truth, to embrace the way and to look upon the way which the Lord Jesus Christ did walk here upon this earth. And we have read how he made himself no reputation. He became as one of us, yet without sin. And he proclaimed so many times with his own lips that without thy thy great might, without thy power working through him, that he could do nothing here upon this earth. And Father, so we come with this mindset before thee even now. Lord, thou has read our hearts even before we woke up this morning. There is nothing that is hid from thee. And Father, everything that does engross us and does fill our minds with confusion and heartache and pain and turmoil and, and, and sufferings that, Father, often we cannot bear our seem to bear on our own and we cannot Father we are compelled to turn unto thee to, to confess our great need for thy help in our lives and Heavenly Father we have seen that thou art not slack in, in extending thy powerful right hand of salvation to grant that strength and that grace that is needed O oh Father to live here upon this wretched earth that is full of darkness and is full of enmity against thy holy and precious name. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy faithfulness because we see ourselves for who we really are. And we want to, once again this afternoon, with broken hearts and bended knees and, and in great weakness, O oh Father, ask that thou would continue to work in our lives, that Thou would not forsake us, O God, that Thou in Thy mercy would lead us moment by moment, day by day, and that would help us to experience a life that is full of joy, even though it implies suffering and giving up those things that, are, that do give pleasure unto the flesh. Father, draw us away from that. Put us on that same path that the many faithful of old did walk and did pay greatly even unto, unto death, unto the very blood they shed for the true faith, for upholding the truth and the holiness of thy word. Father, help us not to be afraid. Help us to be open always unto thy Holy Spirit and to always do that which is right. And as we have heard, that which is right can be found in thy living thy eternal word. And Father, many things we do not understand in it, but the things that we do understand, O oh Heavenly Father, grant us the grace to act upon it and to glorify thy name. And be with all those who are in great need, all those who are going through great trials, suffering and, and unexpected hardships and sicknesses that have come upon them. Father, help them to understand and grant them the vision of thy perfect will as being manifest even though they are not able to understand it. Be with those who are suffering for thy precious name's sake, those who are putting their lives truly at the forefront of the battle 
that is raging here upon this earth, who are not afraid and who are not terrorized by the adversary of our souls, but to boldly go forth and proclaim the truth in love and in meekness unto a world that is perishing. Father, grant wisdom, grant protection, and grant that peace that passes all understanding, that exceeding joy that swells up in the hearts of those that are resigned to, to do thy will with all their hearts in, in godly sincerity. Heavenly Father, do above that which we are asking. We thank thee for this blessed day. We pray that thou would be with us as we would leave this place. And Lord, that thou would especially stir our hearts unto our closer walk with thee, depending upon thee and giving thee thanks for all things, for every good and perfect gift that's come from thee, and the most perfect gift of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, who can give enough thanks for it? Who can appreciate it enough? But Lord, we come before thee in his most precious name, asking that thou will do above that which we are asking. Amen. We believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God that reveals God to us. Now, you may read the Bible all your life and still not get it, but those that search, they will find, because God will reveal himself. And it's easy to say you believe, especially in, in good times that we live in, where there's no open persecution, where we don't have to make a, a apparent decision of life and death. But what you really believe will be shown by what you do, and that will depend on what your understanding of God is, who he is. And whenever we have to make difficult decisions, we should start there as to who God is, who God is. We reminded when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham pleaded with God. He said, Shall not the judge of the whole earth do that which is right? He believed that God was doing the right thing. He was going to do the right thing. But he couldn't see it quite how. And yet God in his wisdom, and it's not apparent that it was told Abraham how he was going to save Lot. But he knows his own and knows how to keep them. But Abraham believed, he honored God, that he was just, that he was faithful. And we do well as we walk, as we need to make decisions, is to first start out as to who God is, how he has revealed himself in his holy word. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service. Huh.